Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Coming off that nice start to Q4, best day for the S&P since July, but futures are weak as we field some headlines on U.S.-China trade, the auto chip shortage, Facebook and Evergrande. A big week ahead. We've got ISMs and the jobs number on Friday. Our roadmap begins with Facebook, though, as you just heard, shares under pressure as that whistleblower publicly accuses the social media network of prioritizing profits over public safety. Plus, Tesla shares are jumping ahead of the open. The automaker delivering a record number of vehicles for the third quarter. That was a 76% jump, Carl, year over year. And, quote, Regulate the hell out of it. Jamie Dimon offers up some tough talk for the future of crypto. We'll begin with Facebook, though. The company's former product manager, Frances Hagen, has revealed her identity as the whistleblower who released that trove of internal research. She accuses the giant of allowing the spread of misinformation, putting profits ahead of the public good. Here's what she told 60 Minutes last night in an interview, which aired. The thing I saw at Facebook over and over again was there were conflicts of interest, between what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook. And Facebook over and over again chose to optimize for its own interests, like making more money. Facebook has realized that if they change the algorithm to be safer, people will spend less time on the site, they'll click on less ads, they'll make less money. All right, Jim, where do we begin with this? Well, I think that first of all, we have to understand that it's real. The blowback is real. It's different this time. I think that these documents, forget the actual whistleblower, the documents are pretty devastating because precisely what she said. You, you either have to be a single source of truth these days or you go for power. They went for power. Uh, David, you know we haven't even talked as much as we should about, opt, about Apple opt-in, opt-out. Yes. Um, my, uh, the, for the club, I've owned this thing for more, what, for about 200 and maybe, geez, 300, almost 300 points. Okay. And uh, I feel very uncertain. Do you? I feel that this time it's probably You true. said it, this could be different. This we're, time's and different. What, what we point out is that over time we have sat at this desk many mornings, certainly during the course of the show, and discussed the latest criticism of Facebook, latest concern, latest focus of its critics. And yet the stock uh, has obviously done nothing but more or less go up over a longer period of time, hitting as high as a tr- over a trillion-dollar market cap, though retreating recently, in part because their business continues to grow at a rapid rate. So your point now is that perhaps that will stop, that perhaps yes. the advertisers yes. are thinking differently? That and Apple. And right, the new which is the, the iOS, which you have to opt in. Right. And by the way, that's not just an issue for Facebook. That's for an everybody. issue for any number we gloss of over the it. apps that we all deal with every day that collect your information and obviously try to use it to help their business and or a center of their business. Right. Now, Apple has chosen to be a single source of truth, as Mark Benioff says. They've been willing to say that's clearly not this opt. They don't want us to be able to get stuff that we don't want. Uh, will the documents be used against Facebook? I think that if you are a, a major consumer products goods company, you better it, there'll be someone in the room at the board who will say, you know what, this is different. Now, look, I use uh, Instagram for our restaurants. It's terrific. The small business stuff is terrific. I, I, I've been a, a, a somewhat defender the whole way, saying that, you know what, I didn't think they would uh, their business would be hurt. Uh, 
Now, the documents indicate if you made major changes, would it matter? Everything always matters to make major changes. Uh, but you'd have to choose truth. And I look at those documents, and I don't think they chose truth. I think they chose obfuscation, and clearly they chose uh, they chose daily average users. I mean, I go through this with Twitter, where I say, listen, would you please take down the horrendous things that are said that I can't have my children uh, possibly look at? And they will not do, you know, they'll say, yeah, we'll take some down. But the first, you know, they use a lot of First Amendment protection and, you know, you, you have every right. that Bullying is a sensitive topic, sensitive meaning that, that, that they won't take things down even though you're being bullied. So I'm looking, I, I, all, all of social media, as Dave and I were saying beforehand, could be up, uh, uh, really upended by what Apple's doing. And that is more important in some ways than what the, the documents showed. But look, let, let's just admit, there, there were more people who read that series and watched 60 Minutes than there's been any time that Facebook has been able to have been on the firing line. And I mean, heads have to roll. I have to see serious heads rolling I mean, people were involved. Now, look, I don't think that Mark Zuckerberg has to roll his head. Well, although there is um, the idea that maybe his super voting shares are at risk, right? Maybe the, somebody comes in and says, look, let's rearrange the ownership structure where he does have well, more accountability. Is that possible? Well, yeah. when you have the voting share, you have the voting share. So right. you need a vote in order to do yeah. that. So basically he has complete control in perpetuity, uh, which is important to point out because that wasn't always the case. Um, but you're, you know... This time's different. Advertisers. Yeah. Uh, Apple. I mean, I'm just saying that he needs to do something in order to be able to restore some faith here. Do you think faith was lost as I do? What, that he would voluntarily give up voting control? No, that he has to try to figure out a wholesale uh, And change his board? I don't, I mean. Well, I just think that he has to say, listen, we've done wrong. How about this? How about something that I also wish that, that Carlos Watson had done? We've screwed up. This is bad. Our culture has to change. We have to start giving the resources that are necessary to this. Uh, now, I, I don't think it's a total. David, I don't think it's a totally corrupt company. But that's a pretty low bar. <laughs> yeah, that's. Is that a but, low bar or what? Well, just by saying that, I think you make the point. What about the idea that uh, the news feed itself is a fading concern as they move into AI, as they move into the metaverse? What about that idea? Well, look, I like the metaverse. I think that's terrific. But I do feel that, I, and I think it's a great, great source of revenue. But right now, I'm talking about consumer product companies who have found it hard to reach people, uh, really hard to reach people, who will say, you know what, I fear that we're involved with Facebook right now. I don't. I mean, we've seen over time. Sometimes, really, in, in TV and in radio, we've seen people say, "You know what? Maybe we don't want to be affiliated with that, or maybe we pull back." So let's look at it this way. I'm looking at it from the point of view of, of my investor club. This situation is no longer not at risk. I have said all along, "Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it," because we don't think the consumers are going to turn away from it, and we don't think the consumer product companies are going to avoid it. Now, I think that that's in question. Because they have a viable alternative in? Snap. I think that they could. Uh, TikTok. Uh, YouTube. I think YouTube. Even uh, with their own content moderation concerns. Yes. But I think that sometimes that you get to a point where you have to say, where someone on the board of a company that's using them says, okay, guys, I know we need Facebook, but I read through the revelations and the revelations are just too toxic. And I don't know if I want to be boycotted by people who say, 
Do you understand that Facebook is dangerous to youth? David, the dangerous to youth was seminal. Well, there was a lot that was seminal in the journal piece, uh, journal pieces, Percy. not, you know, uh, so many different things. Daily. Very important series, of course. If you haven't read it, you should. Uh, and then, obviously, interesting story about the lady who appeared on 60 Minutes as well, sort of giving her background. Only spent two years at the company. Apparently had access to a lot of these so-called internal documents freely, uh, freely available, I guess, to employees. More than 60,000 people. Right. Internal security never really seemed to, again, this is all the journal's reporting, right. um, say anything or respond to her looking at things that weren't typical for an employee of her stature and or position but to look at. Did you not find that almost every turn uh, the, the concerns were minimized? Yes, I did. Isn't that? Based on the reporting that I've read, I Right, did. on the reporting. Now, I would love to hear the other side, right? I mean, like maybe they say, look, did we... we you look at how much money we spent. It's incredible how much we're trying to do. But you know, what they have to do is being able to say, listen, we decide to cut out a lot of our daily average users who we think are doing things that are bad. Uh, and it's going to hurt our profits, but we're going to do it. And then I like it again. I, I mean, like it again. They have said versions of that in the past. But don't those documents say that they don't take it seriously? That's the way I read it. Look, has anyone defended Facebook more at this network than I have? No, you've defended How many times have I said Zuckerberg's doing his darn best? Let's give him a break. Um, let's come back to the stock price itself. We're watching it. Perhaps it'll be down. We'll see as much as 2% or roughly that when we get started with trading 20 minutes from now. We've sat, at the, we've sat here and talked many times about the fact that it is cheap. Remains it's very cheap, cheap. Based on its growth rate. It's last quarter, the numbers, top line uh, growth numbers were stunning. They were over 50 percent. No, they, they? they were stunning. Uh, I'm trying to remember the number. It was 57. But stunning numbers. Um, is it all going? But you believe now it actually will matter. You've no, even the, indicated the, a potential willingness on your part to part with your ownership of the stock. That's in my your point. Yeah. Investment club, in investment I guess we club. call it now. Right? Yes, investment okay, club. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I just feel like bring the register. I, I, there's other situations that are better. Well, not everybody got in at 38. Like no, you did. we got a nice price. Yep. And I'm just looking at it and saying, look, I hope that they do the right thing. You know, every time, I mean, my daughter was, my daughter was a suicide counselor working with teens. And I even told Mark, look, I, she always blamed the fact that it was the, the postings, but not Facebook itself. And I just read these things. And obviously, I don't think Facebook took it as seriously as, as I, I would have hoped they did. No. Because teen suicide, largest source of death of teens, and it's everybody's job to try to save that. And I have been saying, and my daughter was saying, look, you know, it's not Facebook. It's not Facebook. It's parents who let kids be on it. It's, but now I almost feel like that there were people who said, you know what, let, let's do our best, but there's really not much we can do. And so then you could say, no, there is, but it would hurt earnings. There's this is a response, by the way. Uh, every day our teams have to balance protecting the rights of billions of people to express themselves openly with the need to keep our platform a safe and positive place. Uh, we continue to make significant improvements to tackle the spread of misinformation and harmful content. To suggest we encourage bad content and do nothing is just not true. No, they don't encourage bad content. I don't like that where they said the algorithms generate. What I'm saying is, is that you really have to make sure that the people who lie about the vaccines are shut down. I've been calling for, they have a committee, but I've been calling for Supreme Court at Facebook. 
basically you take it out of Zuckerberg's hand. Just send it to the people who are above Zuckerberg. And, and they don't issue recommendations. They actually decide. Rulings. Rulings. And that's what I want. I want a Supreme Court of Facebook or a tribunal. That's usually often called the board, right? Well, Wouldn't you say? I would. Whatever they've got there. I mean... Well, he controls roughly 58% of the votes, uh, and then I think there's another 12 or so percent controlled by other insiders, so to speak. You know I still defend him as a decent individual. Yes, I know you But the organization seems, the documents seem to be indicative that... Did we really learn anything we didn't already kind of sense? Did we learn anything? Yeah, I mean, in a way, we've been talking about Facebook. Only if you were cynical and didn't believe in them at all. I believe you've seen the divisiveness that Facebook has caused in so many different. I placed ads with it. Forums. I don't know. What? Are you making faces at me? No, I'm not making faces at you. All right. Just making sure. Jim mentions uh, not on the podcast. Jim mentions the investing club. And of course, you can get in on uh, the new CNBC investing club with Jim Cramer. Sign up and find out more at CNBC.com slash investing club or just point your phone at the QR code on the screen and it'll take you there. Speaking of stocks and the markets and at large, Jim, you're still kind of leery about October. Oh, yeah. I, I just think that this has been one of those periods. Uh, I was going back and forth with Larry Williams, I think the greatest technician of our time. Yeah. Uh, we have historically, in, in if, you overlook, if you just decide to overlay 20 years, you're talking about the second or third week of October, that it's just going to be negative until then. Second or third week, by the way, is when earnings come. But I, and I don't think earnings are going to be nearly as bad as the stock market has indicated. But, David, I've got to tell you, if you look at where some stocks, I mean, there's many stocks that have just gotten crushed here. Such as what would be an oh, that you think about? Okay, you want one? Yes, I do. How I about want one? one. Give me one. Okay, how about the largest retailer in the country? Walmart. Yes. Yes. 151 goes to 137. How about the rails? Okay. How about the rails? All right. Crushed. Hey, hey, no. How about the drugs X Merck? Drug stocks X Merck. Yeah, healthcare X Merck. Merck, by the way, going to be up yet again today, it would appear. Well, you you did that Ridgeback interview. Yes, so I good, I could talk. Good, good interview. Talk for a year and a half about uh, Molnupiravir. Look, so the airline, so the ID twenty eight hundred one, then some MK forty eight eighty two. But yes. Uh, well, all right. So the drug stocks, but, but, the rails, uh, and uh, and. Walmart. No, retail. I'm trying to give you analogs of what I'm worried about. Now, the, the only ones that are going up today is airlines, and that's because of the, of the Ridgeback. Ridgeback choice. Notice I'm not calling it the Merch. I'm calling it the Ridgeback choice. Well, also, also Delta, uh, which uh, right. last airlines night good. said they're back on course to deliver uh, Q3 revenue. Uh, their original guidance of down 30 to 35 from 2019. And by the way, uh, TSA cleared uh, 2.1 million on Sunday. Second best since the Friday before Labor Day. It's incredible. I think people are traveling again. I feel much more confident. Uh, I am not at all concerned that uh, the American people seems to uh, are still worried as much about Delta, uh, particularly because if you can make David a lot of the of the Ridgeback drug, you make it so that you well, really you feel pretty good. You can, but by the way, it still doesn't even have approval from the FDA yet. It probably won't until towards the very end of the year. There will be 10 million, roughly 10 million courses available at that point. Very, end hope. of the year. Okay. Yeah. Which is only a few months away. All right. All right? Yeah, all right. Okay. Well, we still got cases down 35% from September 1. 
Uh, so we're hoping that trend will continue. We're watching auto deliveries today. We got Tesla. Let's talk some Ford with Phil LeBeau. Hey, Phil. The September numbers from Ford, and it's a decline for the month of September of 17.7%. Remember, that's in comparison with September of last year. But there are a couple of interesting notes in here, which may indicate that Ford could be close to perhaps seeing the bottom in the chip crisis, which is causing a lack of production, a lack of sales. They did they, they were able to boost their inventory because they've had a greater supply of chips. They're still dealing with a shortage, but they've been able to boost it by 21,000 vehicles. And the company also says that its reservations for the F-150 Lightning, the all-electric Lightning, now top 150,000 vehicles. And guys, one more sign that perhaps things are changing in terms of how we interact with auto companies, dealerships, etc. Ford has seen an increase in the number of people ordering a vehicle as opposed to saying, well, it's time to get a car. I'm going to go out to the dealership and see what's on the lot. That is a transition we'll see with the entire industry over the next several years. It's going to take some time to change the, uh, the mindset of consumers, but that is what Ford is starting to see in terms of more people ordering a vehicle as opposed to saying, okay, well, I'm just going to go out to the dealership. All right, Phil, thank you. The Tesla model, the F-150, the electrified. Now, will they deliver? I will give you an example. I ordered a Maverick. I ordered a Maverick in the spring. Okay. David? Still haven't gotten it. Gave the order. It's a long spring. Where's the Maverick? I was going to take it down to the Eagles games. When were you told you would have it? When were you? Yeah. Soon. I'll get it soon. I mean, look, the semiconductor, I'm just mentioning as part of the semiconductors. I really want the thing, but. I bought it to be able to go to Eagles games, so now I, I really don't have the hurry anymore. <laughs> but uh, there is a... Uh, you can go to Broncos games. Well, that's oh, maybe, yeah, okay, maybe. you're right. You're right. I, Andy Reid, too. I mean, it's I go to Kansas City. Also, longer, so, but that's yeah, right. Put but miles on it. I think people are very committed to Ford and want their products, and I do think it's chip-oriented. If there really isn't breaking chips, and there wasn't, there might be good batteries news. I had battery company that Ford uses, but I still don't have the chip news that I want. Or the car that I want. It's been a mixed tape uh, uh, last few days on chips, which we'll talk about after the break, along with GM Engine One. Uh, got some calls on DuPont, 3M, uh, some airlines, Thanks. Southwest. A lot to get to on this busy Monday. Don't go away. S&P laggards this morning, uh, once again, led by Moderna, as we do see a little bit of follow-through from Merck's uh, action on Friday. Uh, Best day for that stock in at least a decade. Uh, We'll get the opening bell in about nine minutes. Don't go anywhere. All right, let's get to a mad dash with uh, Jim. We've got six and a half minutes before we get... I'm in the dark. What? I'm I'm standing in the dark. Did you notice that? hope that's not a... Are you dancing Symbol. in the oh, dark? there we go. Let oh, there be light. Kind of a version of Springsteen. <laughs> all right. Now, here's the problem, Dave. You want to dance? Where this are is, you? This Tell is me. Steve Tusa. Yeah. You know, I I just, I don't want to say I revere him because he's just a, just a man. He's just a man. Just a man. But he downgrades 3M. Now, why is this important? He's been writing it down. But there are many problems with 3M that include any sort of clarity. Economic recovery hasn't really helped them. I also think he doesn't really emphasize the PFAS, the uh, groundwater problem. Right. But it is, it, it's devastating for the following reason. This is 3M. This is the kind of stock that should be right. working but here. What, what's been going on here well, before Tusa it, decided? The business is not picked up. It's that simple. Yeah. But it should have. See, and what I worry about is the selectivity of industrials that are going up and not. And... Uh, also ones that have China exposure. 
we, I don't think you can talk about China, particularly with the air flights this weekend over Taiwan. There were quite a few, yes. What happens, David, if Taiwan decides to activate its, its anti-aircraft? Uh, nothing, nothing good. But what is it like war? But what's it good for? Is there any, I mean, absolutely nothing. No, look, I, I saw the overflights. They were incredible. I so know. I just think any tension. We, we, look, we're going to find out about uh, President Biden's China. Yeah. Uh, but every company well, that does business in China. the same tariff regime that's been in place. But back I'm to looking for, uh, just wrap up 3M for me and the viewers. OK, um, this is even though it's been slightly underperforming, there's no visibility. We got an opening bell just a few minutes away. Don't go anywhere. Uh, once again, it's largely about energy prices pre-market. Uh, a lot of it happening overseas. We're going to keep our eye on that gas and on crude, Jim, as OPEC Plus meets today, and we're going to see whether or not there's an output increase. Look, I think that we are really uh, in the dark about what's going on in Europe and in Asia with natural gas. I mean, the prices there are extraordinary. We are the, uh, look, Australia's got it, Kuwait's got it, and we've got it. And we can export every single bit. Now, remember, there's a mismatch of pipelines. Five pipelines that we're going to bring Marcellus and Utica uh, natural gas, Pennsylvania and Ohio, just didn't make it. Right. So you end up with the natural gas going to its most logical place, which is the southeast, to be able to ship overseas. So you have a temporary mismatch here. But remember, David, the mismatch overseas is just a nightmare. No, we've got to keep up. And we are going to stay focused on this because as we move into the colder months of the year uh, in Europe, but also here in the U.S., we've got to keep an eye out. This energy is going to be a very important potential story here, including, unfortunately, the possibility that we may may see a lack of it and 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 outages. if supplies are just not able to be kept up with in some kind. Absolutely. Now, we have the ability, if our oil companies, remember, natural gas is a byproduct. If our oil companies were growing again, then we can make more. But they're not. They've decided to hold back. They're hoping that OPEC doesn't put a lot out there. They love these prices. They can make a fortune. They're returning it to investors. Yep, uh, WTI 77.04 as we start the opening bell and the real-time exchange on the big board today. It's chipmaker Wolfspeed celebrating its NYSE listing and name change at the NASDAQ medical technology company Hologic in honor of breast cancer awareness. That's, that's a company that's transitioned Hologic. Uh, a lot of people felt that it was so COVID-oriented that once the, the pandemic peaked, they would do poorly, but they have a lot of good things going. Uh, Dave, I still have to tell you, uh, I'm overwhelmed by the number of offerings. I was trying to keep track of them this weekend. Yeah. And it really is hard. There's one called uh, Skin, which is beauty. That's uh, Brent Saunders. And that's one of the very few SPACs. Wait, that that, that, clo- that deal closed. Right, but I'm saying that's deal. one of the very yeah. few SPACs into real companies that I feel is not going to be on your hit list. Uh, there are any number of things on the hit list, as you point out. Right. Uh, and, the, you know, it's funny, looking at the number over the last couple of weeks of, of SPACs that have gone public or filed to go public. Here we're talking about a SPAC that is raising the initial capital and then beginning the process of looking for a deal. It's amazing to me. There's still hope springs eternal. And as we've said many times, everybody has a SPAC and a dream. Apparently, even though the market reaction to many of these has become more of a nightmare, it yes. hasn't, uh, hasn't quite completely yeah. eliminated the dream I, of any I, I, sponsors. I think nightmare is the right word, and yet they continue to pump them out as if there's 
uh, there's just one endless demand. I mean, maybe there is endless demand, but I look. I saw. I met with the uh, the person who's in charge with sustainability for Amazon last week. They're going to order a hundred thousand Rivian. Hundred thousand Rivian. It's not. Now, Rivian is not going public through SPAC. Rivian is going public the old-fashioned way. The S1 is out. Yes. They are losing a lot of money. But. But. They got the orders. Yes. And so I like, you know, this is, Rivian is one to uh, think about now that you've had such big gains in Lucid. Maybe you think about Rivian, which Amazon is banking on in order to be able to reduce its carbon footprint. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then you got Volvo thinking about a $25 billion offer in Europe. Uh, you got GM uh, saying they're going to launch 20 new EVs by early 2028. And, David, I'm sure you're all over this engine one. I was listening like yeah. a lot of people uh, to Squawk Box, which had a great series of guests this morning. Uh, I have including to admit engine that too. one. Uh, there, it's not an activist campaign. It's simply a voice of support. Remember, this is still a very small But how long firm, does that last? If but it- one that we don't ignore any longer, given the incredible victory they had at Exxon Mobil, of course, with help from, uh, was it Calsters or uh, Chris Aylman, our friend over there. But, uh, uh, yeah, so they're supportive. And, and making the point that, that, you know, maybe is lost on some, that this company is going through a radical transformation. Yes. No other way to say it over the next decade. Um, so that by 2030, this is yeah. GM is largely going to be an electric vehicle oh, company. I met with GM's sustainability officer last week. I mean, they're not taking it seriously. This is their imperative. Hey, by the way, with with gasoline, way, speaking of transformation, there's were, another one going on at that company too. Wouldn't you wish where Engine One was involved, and you don't want to lose sight of that either. No, you're right. But I mean, if you're a Tesla, now we've got Tesla in great numbers. Don't you think that if you're in Britain, you sure wish you had a Tesla? When there's no gasoline at these gas stations, and the lo- look at that, that they had good numbers. Tesla, Tesla's Tesla they had good had numbers. Very good now. numbers. Yes. Um, they, they, yeah, Wedbush likes it very much. They, <laughs> uh, yeah, your your point's good. Although now we're going to hope that we have enough grid. Yes. Right. Now, oh, yeah, that's now the it next. becomes the question of being able to deliver power through the grid. Well, you remember saw last what he... week in Germany, they ran out of coal for a major power plant. Out of coal. We By got the way, plenty coal. here. We, we haven't went... talked about coal. Norfolk Southern. We talked about natural but, gas. Wait a second. Have you, do you know what's going on in coal? Well, they need coal. It, no, They're out of coal. In this country, the price of coal. Well, I know. That's why, the roof. That's why Norfolk Southern is a good buy. Through the roof. I, the I know. Hey, listen. You know, my investment club owns Union Pacific. Okay, look at this stock, which recommended today. This company is a clean coal company. Like, I know that's oxymoronic. Yes, it is. Uh, but then, look at the luck that thing. Norfolk Southern's got the coal that people need, the export coal. Uh, coal is, oh, my God, coal is, you say it. Back coal is bigger than ever. Yes, thank you, for. I, I didn't have to say that. I yeah. can now say, I, can you believe what David now, just said? The reason, of course, that coal is going up so much is there's so little of it because none is, no, there are no new mines, and certainly we are making this transition, in, uh, and it has fallen dramatically in terms of as a power source. Right. But it's still needed. And there's very, less of it, which very is much making the, the price of it skyrocket. Well, this is going to be EV, EV. I am telling you that we are going to think that maybe EVs and don't even need as much subsidies, given the fact that this is uh, the time for EVs. I, EV, I, I like EVs. I know you like EVs. I like EVs. Well, now, well, when I met Elon Musk, the original conflict I had with him was he said by, I don't know, 2015, uh, yeah. There will be a Oracle rejected on cloud, of course. 2015, we would have an area in the northwest part of Colorado of giant, giant solar panels and would provide all the energy we needed throughout the country. 
And I disagree with that. And for that, I was pilloried and it brought it up endlessly. What year did he say that would be by? About 2015. 2015, six years ago. Yeah, you got that right, partner. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. I appreciate the fact you still call me well, a partner. He, he talked about, at Code last week, he said this transition is going to double the need for the grid, and it's, it's going to require a lot more localization of power, uh, bigger lines in, in, like, substations in your neighborhood. And that was, he, he argued, the whole reason for his solar panel uh, business. You're going to need, it's, it's not going to be enough to get it out of the main hub. Well, You're going to need to have fatter pipes for electricity everywhere. He's right. He's right. I do think that there are batteries that are coming that are better, solid-state batteries that I think are going to be remarkable. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that we're behind. Uh, if the price of gasoline ever were to go up the way it is in Europe, I think you'd be saying, you know what, going EV. It, it might speed the transition. But, again, right. back to Carl's point. You got to make sure that the grid is there to support this, even Whoa. if you were able to put in enough charging stations. Which, by the way, is an entire another issue. Which a but, lot of this gets back to the bill in Congress that is nowhere, which the is the, Congress, the original yeah. infrastructure bill, which does have provisions for those kinds. We didn't of even mention debt ceiling, and yet and, and, the second, and infrastructure. President's going to talk about it this morning. Good to do. Along, along with USTR on China, you were talking over there at the Telestrator. So we'll get some policy discussion, but. Yeah, I mean, what Pelosi's now saying um, October on a target date for, for the bipartisan framework. No, no one's giving in. Halloween. No one's giving in at all. Yeah, Halloween. What are you going at? Um, I don't know. Maybe Mark Zuckerberg. I wouldn't do that. Why? Be a good Halloween costume. Because scare the hell out of everybody. But you better order it now. Have you seen the the Black Friday carrying the flag on the hover thing on the water? (laughs) Why don't you go as as William Shatner? Maybe I can. I love Shatner. He's ninety. He's going up in space. Blue Origin's going to take him up. Yeah, oldest person in space ever. Oldest man in space. Who better than Kirk? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Or who he else did you, you identified him as another person during the Yes, T.J. Hooker. T.J. Hooker. See, now, running. he remembers the second-rate productions <laughs> yes. that Shatner was in. I always like to imitate him running. Remember, he was right. holding in that gut. <laughs> Stop! Uh, all right. Very important. Guys, I did want to talk autos uh, some more. In fact, this uh, Qualcomm really? deal we got this morning, we we discussed this a couple months back. They topped a bid for Magna for Viennier. It's, it's, the Viennier has now accepted it. But okay. it's got an interesting wrinkle to it. There's a Essentially, kind of a, I want to call it a middleman, but there's a, a private equity firm uh, moved in here, SSW Partners. Frankly, I wasn't over, overly aware of, although I know a lot of the people who were founded. It's Antonio Weiss, Josh Steiner, it's, it's well-known names. Um, SSW Partners is going to acquire Veneer. It's basically they're doing it at the same time that they're then going to take the uh, arriver business. This is the business Qualcomm wanted, uh, and Qualcomm's going to buy that. So total value of the deal is about $4.5 billion. Qualcomm's providing all the financing. They'll take a river, and then what's left of Viennier, which is a lot of the other stuff they make for tier one auto suppliers, things, Jim, uh, um, this will be owned by SSW and then probably end up at a strategic owner of the business at some point in the future. Uh, it cuts the regulatory uh, time frame here, uh, so they are talking about it being cheaper. But most importantly, it makes Qualcomm a competitor to Intel's Mobileye on advanced driver assistance systems, ADAS. The key here is this arriver business. It's a software stack that will then go with um, Qualcomm's chips, and they will sell this to OEMs along the likes of we're talking about EV. Well, we also talk, of course, about automated driving. 
Uh, they will sell this to a lot of the OEMs and compete directly against uh, Intel's Mobileye in terms of landing some of those deals. So an important deal potentially for Qualcomm, one they've been pursuing now for, for some period of time with that overbid that they did succeed uh, in getting via near. With well, SSW's help here. Very interesting structure. This is, uh, to go up against Mobileye, Carl, is very interesting because when you look at what Intel, a lot of people feel is doing very right, acquisition Mobileye from Israel, uh, and a very exciting product. But there are so many people now who are really basing their model on, on, on ADAS and baking the model on, on, on driverless. I'm still not getting a good feel, though. I wanted to ask you, there's been a lot of conflicting chip shortage headlines. Audi calls it a perfect storm, uh, but BMW raises their margin guidance uh, last week. You had uh, GM saying supply is improving on Friday. We look forward to more uh, stable operating environment uh, through the fall. And yet Marvel says shortage could extend beyond 2022. Yeah, I have Marvel on later this week, and I know that they are in the beyond 2022 camp. Nothing new there. The inflection, I think what's really happened here is Malaysia. The infection rates are, dec- are decreasing there. Uh, the facilities there could be at 100% in a few weeks. Uh, Toyota and GM were very impacted by Malaysia. Ford less, but there are still many, many cars and trucks at risk. Uh, so it's too early to tell. I know I want to be more optimistic, but we're just not getting there. You need TSMC being strong, global foundries being strong. We're not there yet. Uh, and so uh, like a Ford is going to be hurt, maybe 100,000, 200. You know, could um, still, but there's a lot of lot of trucks at risk. Guys, a lot of trucks. speaking of the pandemic, of course, we did, uh, we did mention Merck earlier. Worth taking a look at both Merck and Moderna. Uh, continuing the moves that both made on Friday. Of course, right. Moderna down sharply again this morning. Merck continuing the gains. Not, not nearly what they saw, uh, what the stock saw on Friday, of course, on news of uh, stopping that trial because of the efficacy of uh, Molnupiravir, uh, an antiviral that you would take um, uh, over a five-day course uh, to basically beat down the virus uh, if, in fact, you knew you had it because you tested for it and or showed some early symptoms. So it's an important component here of how it's going to be used, because testing would seem to be an important part of it. But you see that. We did speak to um, Ridgeback Biotherapeutics, of course, the two founders on Friday. It was their licensing of it from Emory and then development of it and then licensing to Merck, which got us to this point. Uh, And Merck seems ready to go. Here's Wendy Holman. We felt an obligation that if the drug were to work, we wanted to have enough for everyone. Um, we never got government funding. Um, so we then turned to Merck, who is a tremendous commercial partner, to help us get this to the people. So they have publicly announced that they'll have 10 million treatment courses available by the end of the year, as well as they've also entered into, we've entered into voluntary license agreements with um, different generic manufacturers to allow it to get to sort of other parts of the world that would not be able to afford it. Jim, a lot of analysts trying to figure out their numbers here, but it's going to be a huge revenue boost for Merck shares, which have soared. There was a time not that long ago when Merck and Moderna shared a similar market value. Now they have gone in very much opposite directions, and Merck's market value is some uh, 80 plus, almost 90 billion more. Look, I mean, this is a a drug that when you look at the cost, this is how they do this, the cost of going to the hospital overnight versus the cost of not going to the hospital. It's going to save the system fortunes if they price it even you know, three quarters more. Right. It's, it's priced right now at $700. Have you stayed in a, a hospital recently? I, I have not, thankfully. 
Unfortunately, I did. And you, you, you know, you're $1,700 just for, for relapse where I had a weekend where I just went on a Saturday night, demanded to get out in time for the Super Bowl, save the system, 1700 bucks. Well, we were definitely hardened by Gottlieb's comments in The Times this morning. Uh, barring something unexpected, I'm of the opinion this is the last major wave of infection. Yes, this is it. Yeah. And the numbers indicate that. Uh, I know that people want to be wary about Thanksgiving and Christmas. I am saying that people are going to places. One of the things that's really incredible is you can have 70,000 people in a stadium over the weekend. Uh, and, you know, you, you would expect to see a wave in, in the way that in 1918 at a, at a Philadelphia war bond, where they, the Fort Warbond Drive, where a huge number of people died the, you know, within the next two days. Yes. Here you go to a game and, you know, the only thing that really happens is what's on the field, which is right. depressing, but nothing like well, what. Well, they didn't have a vaccine for the 1918 flu. No, but I'm saying that even without the, right, I'm saying that not, I don't believe everyone's vaccinated. No one's wearing a mask. No, but a lot of those people in that stadium are thankfully vaccinated, right? So. Well, I have to hope. I, I still in the elevator wear a mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to. But I just feel like you're outside. Look, do you hear about great waves of, of COVID after a ball game? Uh, Florida, which did virtually nothing. Uh, cases have plummeted. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's Actually, there is an AP story this morning about some states in New England. Right. Uh, we're we're going to be vigilant about watching for a winter. Maine has but, got but some I, issues. Yeah. Alaska still is having some serious yeah. issues. But I have paychecks on tonight, and where's the area of greatest growth? Every one of those states that has a big spike in Delta. Everyone. Incredible. The resilience of the American people. We like to think so. Right. Uh, Why did you? Why couldn't you say yes? To that? <laughs> I looked at Carl. <laughs> I like, know, but is, that would have been a Carl's great positive. I wanted to hear what Carl said. <laughs> no, that would have been Sometimes a good moment to say a, yes. He has a better way of saying things than I do. <laughs> you know, Jim, that's very true. I've said a lot of negative things, but that's true. There you go. And your guy Matt is the second greatest yes. in Jeopardy history. Where his mind goes and how he goes Turns there, I'm not to be sure. He went to Yale, I saw it. Yes, he did. Yes, the Jeopardy contestant, Matt, has done extraordinarily well. We wish him the best, and we look forward to him joining us one day if he ever finishes his run. <laughs> uh, Dow briefly went uh, positive here, but Fang is definitely weighing on the NASDAQ and the S&P. Uh, Facebook back to 330, down almost 4%. Uh, before we go to break, take a look at the bond report. Uh, part of that, of course, is about the prospect of rising yields. We'll keep our eye on the fixed income all morning long as he got the 10-year just south of 1.5. Is it uh, fool's gold of the future? It's, it's got no intrinsic value and regulators are going to regulate the hell out of it. Should they regulate it? Yes. They have What's, to. Uh, I mean, you can't, they have to. You can't regulate everything a bank does in terms of moving money and not regulate what you would call money. Now, you can call it a security or an asset, something like that, but if people are using it for tax avoidance and sex trafficking and ransomware, and it's going to be regulated, whether you like it or not. So you, you, it's not a moral statement. It's a factual statement. That's Jamie Dimon talking to Jim Vandehei of Axios on HBO about Bitcoin as uh, JPM hits an all-time high this morning, Jim. Yeah, look, I think that JPM, one of the things that's been amazing about Jamie Dimon is he's been adamant that they missed a lot of what uh, of fintech but he's also, I think, spot on about the idea that there needs to be better regulation. I mean, we're, uh, we're in a world where uh, every single one, every one, David, of the cybersecurity companies I have one, and I have every one of them, yeah. just say, look, this is how it's paid. You just pay in this stuff. The- Untrapped. 
Right, that crypto is used for yes. the ransom payment. And it's and really an everyday illicit, affair. Right. Every day. Not only that, but they've got such a shaky system when it comes to stablecoin, uh, which is supposed to be like your money fund. Uh, that said, the enthusiasm continues because the one thing I think Jamie Dimon doesn't get is younger people don't believe that our money has any basis in fact. Right? Our money is just we keep printing it. I mean, my, my kids, uh, in all seriousness, I'm like, here's some cash. What, like, what do I do with that? I've, that's actually a cur- Yeah, they're like, what? Give me, send it to me on Venmo. Like, I don't even know what to do with this. No, no. No. Can you yeah. not give me the cash? Well, I mean, what world are we living in? I'm, I'm stunned. First it was branches, now take, it's physical. Fiat. Take the cash, kid. <laughs> they gave you, no, can you, did they give you the, can I Venmo? Would what? they take the fee- Facebook? Leave, uh, Will leave you pay, put it in my PayPal yeah. account. Look, that's what they say to me. I'm like, what? Well, no one likes to touch cash during COVID. You know, COVID really hurt the whole cash business, which is why I like the plastic companies, but everybody hates them. They just want to go buy Ethereum. I'm thinking of that. Was it Goodfellas where De Niro says, keep it coming? Right? And the guy's like, what do you want? I don't want the dollars. Send it to my Venmo. <laughs> yeah. It's true. A lot of the banks That's feel the like world we live in. Do so. you think the bankers feel like spider? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't want to get blood on your floor. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dow's up 33. We're going to get stopped trading with Jim in a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. So Adam Aaron just texts me and reminds me that this was one of the this was just a huge weekend. Sets new post reopening records for global attendance and that let there be carnage venom. But he's talking about no time to die internationally being incredible coming here. I know that there's a screening tonight. I will point out that Adam Aaron is the greatest survivor I've ever come across. I had him cocktails and a presentation last week at my corporate governance meeting and he, he has the ability, he has a lot of money in the bank. And I know, David, sometimes you think that the stock is overvalued, but it's the only game in town. He did warn me, because I'm a big Bond fan, he warned me and my wife, don't even think about going the first night. Uh, we'll well, get in. IMAX 2, uh, best October weekend ever, back above $20, wow. Jim. First time since the 4th of July. J.P. Morgan and IMAX 2 pretty much says everything, right? Does it? Oh, will you give me... <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you say so. How's Zuckerberg And doing? yes, I do say AMC is overvalued because it's a $20 billion market value and it's got a great deal of debt. Its enterprise value is quite high. And it's just, it's, it's the oils. It's not. It's the oils. The semis keep going down. The oils keep going up. It's starting to get me aggravated. That's why tonight yes. uh, we are switching directions. We have IBM fresh off their analyst meeting. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, it's not just walk that is good guess. No, you always have great guests. Thank you. We have paychecks because the business there is on, I'm talking about being on fire. And then McCormick, the business is on fire, but nobody cares because the raw costs are going up so much. Raw costs, David. Inflationary. Yep. What yep. was the, the B of A note over the weekend? Things that don't have a supply chain. Gaming, cloud, software, enterprise. I think that Salesforce is a buy here down very big, but I've been behind Salesforce almost as long as I've been behind Facebook. But you're not turning on Salesforce. No, because Salesforce. no, no. You see, Salesforce is single source of truth. Facebook, also, I just feel like that they like Twitter. Benioff, they have to sacrifice Benioff some page views. Would, he's so big, he would eat you. He's if very you did big. That. Matt McConaughey came up to me. Eat you. Matt McConaughey came up to me while we we're having dinner outside Mr. Chow's. And I said, I love you in Ford. You're unbelievable in Ford. He goes, well, my, my name is Matt McConnell. How are you? I said, no, no Ford. You're like amazing. The Lincoln ad is just incredible. 
Like, you're amazing. Amazing. And he said, I've actually had more of a body of work than Ford. I said, yeah, but it doesn't matter. The Ford ads are so great. <laughs> Jim, we'll see you in six. Mad money. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 